Hello and welcome to the official Clutch Baseball Podcast. I am your host, Matt, manager of the San Diego Armada. I am here with new mod, Paul, manager of the Fed Wheezy Fusion. I think that was right. It's been so long that we've done one of these that I might have forgotten something, but uh, welcome, Paul. I'm happy to be here. Even more happy because this podcast means... We are close to more Clutch Baseball. The uh, As of recording today, the Clutch Baseball League signups are closing, which means we get to start a new year of Clutch Baseball, which means new cards, new strats, um, and a ton of things to talk about. New year, new me. Yeah, very, very true. Uh, we just got done with what was basically a two-year set. Um, and I think we both kind of agreed that we were very excited to not have to look at those player cards anymore. And in that time, we made a few changes to the player cards, both pitchers and batters. Uh, the first big change is that the on-base and command value on player cards now ties into what the charts look like. Um, so tell us a little bit about that, Paul. Yeah, so I'm not a perfect expert on how exactly the salary formula worked, but everything that I had done research-wise as far as like doing math on these cards pretty much indicated that on-base and command were calculated like statically. So if you're on-base 12, that costs X amount of points. If you're command 5, that counts X amount of points. And what that kind of fails to keep into consideration is that an on-base 12 is going to be better if your chart's really good than it is if your chart sucks. And ultimately, what ended up happening was there are a lot of players who had really high on-base but really bad charts, and they tended to be a bit overcosted. Um, and then players who had lower on-base but really good charts tended to be a bit undercosted. So, you know, it a lot of this stuff was more on the margins and stuff you would see in competitive play more than anything, but I do think it means you're going to see like especially on the extreme edges some pretty significant changes. I agree with that. The new player pool uh, was just announced uh, if you join the the Clutch Baseball Discord um, you can find the link on clutchbaseball.com. The uh, new player pool is already out, and you can see all the batter charts and the pitcher charts. And uh, outside of like the salary costing being dramatically different than what you're used to the last couple of years, um, the combination of charts and on-base or command is also wildly different. So it's been fun to like kind of look through things so far and... I think it'll make like team building a lot of fun again because after two years of the same thing towards the end there, it got very easy to be like, okay, just by looking at the quickly looking at the chart, like, okay, yeah, this is good or this is bad. And like, this is how I, you know, I want to use this guy for this way or that way, where now I'm looking through some of these guys and just being like, I don't know how I should feel about this. <laughs> I think, I think you've felt the same way too. Oh, absolutely. Like, I, I'm looking at the set, and I'm just like, I have no idea what to do. Yeah, there's like, obviously, 
from like the quick eyeball test, there's some guys where you feel like, oh, that's good value. But I don't think I could put together an entire team of good value where you felt like you could do that last year. Every time I look at a player that's good value, I then realize that that player has negative three clutch, and I realize he's not as good value as I thought. <laughs> yeah, there's always something like, oh, this is great. Like, oh, he got one defense at shortstop. Like, ah, hmm. Well, I already have three other guys I'm considering for DH, so this doesn't really work. Continuing on the theme of salary changes, um, another big change was to the starting pitchers and relief pitchers and how their salary was calculated based off of the their printed innings. So talk us through that a little bit. Yeah, so again, I'm, I'm not privy to the exact mechanics of the salary uh, formula, but what my, what my understanding is, is in general, the cost per inning of starting pitchers was too high. So the amount of basically the multiplier. So like all of the stuff, your chart, your command your outs, your defense, all of that stuff is worth a set amount of points. And then that gets multiplied by a certain amount based on how many innings you can pitch. And for starting pitchers, that multiplier was a bit higher than it should have been. And for relief pitchers, that ended up being a little lower than it should have been. And so something you will see is that relievers will be a bit pricier and starters will be a bit cheaper than you're used to. But I think a lot of people will struggle with the relievers being more expensive because it was really easy to field a really good bullpen for not that many points before, and that's not going to be easy now. And the only value you're going to get from the bullpen is if you actually manage it really well. Otherwise, you're not going to get great value from it. So... I think in general, you're just going to see a lot of interesting uh, build choices between starters and relievers that hopefully will make the meta a lot more diverse. Yeah, I would agree with that because this year, I feel like last year you basically could go, okay, I got seven spots in the bullpen. I'm going to pick the best reliever from kind of like the seven different tiers of pitching. So you got, Oh, the, the best under hundred guy, best, you know, to 150, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And where you could build like such a dominant bullpen because within each of those groupings, there was always like one or two guys that were like insanely good for their price where this year, if you want a good reliever, he, he it's not going to, it's, you know, it's going to cost you or the reliever you pick you're going to have to be more matchup based where you can't just get a guy that is good against both righties and lefties. You'll, you'll have to get a guy that's like, Oh, he's really good against lefties. And then I have another guy that's good against righties. And so, you know, we'll have to use combine these two guys together to be like, you know, overall one good guy. Um, so I think that'll make building your relief core, a much more interesting challenge as well, because yeah, there's still tons of elite guys, tons of guys with crazy good charts, but, and he even kind of alluded to it in the batters. Like, I feel like we've kind of smoothed things out to where there's no more, oh, this guy is like amazing and everything. You're always going to have to kind of choose and balance like, okay, this, this relief pitcher is really good, but he's got negative three clutch. So that might limit how I want to use him or this put this, this relief pitcher isn't as good, but he's got three clutch. So I can really use my clutch cards to like really make him better. Um, so I think that'll that'll be interesting as well. 
Going back to uh, batters, uh, another big change is we split. Um, we didn't split. We created. Um, there's a second speed category now. So we have uh, instead of just being speed, where it was went up to 24, with you know a being a 24, uh, we change it now where there's a base running uh, speed and a stealing speed. The base running speed is used uh, against defensive throws. Stealing speed is used when you're stealing. And we also increased the, uh, or sorry, we decreased the range of uh, base running and stealing values. So last year it went from zero to 24. Uh, this year, the minimum is 11. So that should also make for some pretty significant changes too. Yeah. And I think what that does is it makes it so that there's not any no-brainer. I mean, there are probably still some no-brainer decisions, but there are a lot fewer no-brainer decisions. Like, for at least half of the batters in the set previously, you would just never advance them. Even if it's two outs and you're going home, you would just never advance them because it didn't make sense. And that's not very realistic to real baseball because you're probably advancing those guys most of the time. Um, And so... On that bottom end, it means it's probably going to be a bit more realistic to baseball. And, you know, on the top end, it means that there's probably not going to be as many, like, free stolen bases that are just, like, auto safes, uh, which is also important because there are very few of those in real baseball as well. Yeah, we also adjusted the uh, bonus, advancing bonuses as well, so... Instead of being plus five for two outs and plus five for going home, it's now plus three. Um, So that will kind of smooth things out in terms of how often someone will advance and then also how often the defense has a good shot of um, getting them out. The other thing in Eliminate 2 is we didn't love how many auto double plays there were as well on ground balls. Again, that just felt like way out of line with how it is in baseball. So bumping up that minimum basically prevents people from just going, okay, I'm going to do a max infield defense and like, you know, 80% of ground balls are going to be double plays now. So that should make for more interesting decisions as well. Sticking with the defense uh, ratings, the other defensive change we made are for second and third base, the max defense rating is now down to three. And for catchers, we increase the max defense rating up to 12 And then pitchers, we lowered it down to three. Um, We felt it made more sense that the catchers had more impact uh, than pitchers do. Obviously, some pitchers are very good at picking guys off, but that doesn't necessarily tie in with how well you you can catch a guy stealing with the catcher throwing down to second. Yeah, and... You know, I think I haven't really done math on like, oh, is the catcher more valuable than a pitcher or whatever? I haven't, I don't really know. Uh, I know at least thematically, we tend to view baseball as the catcher being predominantly more important than the pitcher in terms of catching, stealing. So at least thematically, that's a change that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, As far as the infield changes, I think. A big reason why is we wanted the infield and the outfield to have a similar max value of, um, I guess, 13 for each one. And I think it makes sense that what happened, that we chose what we did for second and third to go down one. Because, I mean, let's just face it, 
everybody who comes up now and plays second and third is just a previously failed chart stop. Like, let's be honest. Like, that's what, that's how it works. So if you're playing second, like, yeah, you, you're just a shortstop who wasn't quite good enough. Yeah. And uh, I mean, to be completely honest, I can see defense being something that we continue to def- the max defense value, something we continue to fiddle with. We made these changes and we think it will be better than last year, but I know there's other discussions talking about how like, you know, we could see doing other changes. And um, I mean, Nick's big hot take was that, you know, why should there be a maximum defensive value? If someone plays short enough, it plays short is good enough to have six defense rating. Like, why are we capping it? So I could see that uh, being something that we continue to look at and continue to change because we're still not like, yes, we nailed that. That's good to go. Something we are very excited about. And I think this is going to, is a massively underrated uh, change we made, even though it's a huge change um, is now we have, uh, we've dubbed them swing men, but it's basically pitchers that can either start or relief uh, or pitch and relief. And basically how, what we did with these guys before is generally they were, labeled as relief pitchers and they would generally have like two or three IP as a relief pitcher. But the thing is with a vast majority of um, what we dubbed multi-inning relief pitchers, vast majority of them, the reason they got their multi-innings was because was because they also would pitch in, uh, in, in starting sometimes. So it wasn't that they were relief pitchers as a, pitching multiple innings in relief. They were a starting pitcher who was used in relief multiple innings. So now we will have pitchers that have both a starting pitching inning rating and a relief pitching um, inning rating. And uh, you can use them in either um, either capacity. If you want to use them as a starter, you can. If you want to use them as a reliever, you can. Um, are you excited about this ball? Because I know for me, I am still very hardcore traditional. I want my six, seven inning pitch starting pitcher, but I feel you're a little more experimental with these type of things. Oh, I'm really looking forward to playing around with like, oh, okay, let me just run like 13 swing men and I'm just going to have, you know, four of them be good versus righties and four of them be good versus lefties and just pick whichever one I want for my opponent. Uh, that sounds really fun to me. It also sounds like it's a really easy way for me to spend way too many points on pitching, but I'm looking forward to trying it at the very least. Um, I think what's significant about this is, well, one, it's more realistic to the way baseball works. And anytime we can do that, I think is a big plus. And I think it makes your decisions in team building much more interesting where you know, you can decide do you want strict starting pitchers? Do you want one guy who you can use flexibly? Do you want a lot of them? Um, And salary wise, um, for those who are not super into the weeds on the math, I'll just say the way tiredness works, um, a five inning starter and a two inning, two or three inning reliever um, can pitch the same amount of innings in a five game period. If they, are used to their maximum extent. So um, you don't have to get into the math on that, but just like, yeah, if a player can pitch two endings in relief or five endings as a starter, their cost is going to be the same um, no matter what. And 
So I think that flexibility is really interesting and something that I really look forward to playing with. Yeah, I, it's from the Discord. It sounds like there's going to be several people who uh, who agree with you and follow in your footsteps. Let's move over to uh, strategy uh, card changes we made. And outside of the new strategy cards we made, uh, we have two new strat rules related to strategy cards. The first one, I, in my opinion, is a long time coming and will make our jobs as mods a lot easier because it'll cut down on so many questions. And that is... Um, you can now stack strategy cards and with a maximum of plus or minus three to whatever you're changing. So before you were only ever allowed to use one strategy card that um, would affect one thing. So if you're affecting your swing, you can only use one strategy card, whether it was a plus one to the swing or a plus five to the swing, uh, RIP LND. Um, where now it's the maximum is plus three. Uh, so if you have three cards that are a plus one to the swing, you can use all three of those cards on one batter and that batter will get plus three to the swing. Yeah, I think it, it works really well and it gives you more versatility to use some of those cards that are only plus one because if you really want to go all in on one specific kind of effect, you can do that a lot easier now. Whereas before it would be like well why would i use this plus one when i have this plus two and now it's like well why not both uh, and with this rule we've also gone through strategy cards and really um clarified like what can be changed so you can't affect the pitch either way offense can add to on base and defense can add to command so that prevents you from a situation where you are adding three to your on base and subtracting three from the pitch, which is basically a plus six. And we didn't really want people to be able to do that. But also that's confusing to say, well, okay, your pitch modifier plus your on base modifier has to equal three. So I think just, you know, making those consistent wordings will make that a lot easier. And you can tell I'm confused. So if I, if it makes me less confused, that's great for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, another big topic of discussion people uh, had a lot of opinions on was the starting hands. Um, so since Clutch came out 2017, your starting hand, you always picked up three cards and you started the game and on from there. We have finally changed that. Um, and there was several options of how we were debating about approaching this change. Um, but we finally settled on you can uh, you will now draw five cards as your starting hand and you have the option taking those five cards and putting them on the bottom of your deck and then drawing uh, for one less card so you start with five you draw five you hate those five cards you put them on your bottom of your deck and then you will draw four cards instead um, and you can do that until theoretically you have zero cards in your hand um, I'm not sure why you'd want zero cards in your hand, starting hand, but it's something you can do. So I think that'll be a fun way of giving you more flexibility and options to where you don't start the game with like three, you know, I, I don't want to call it mediocre cards, but three cards that, you know, maybe they're clutch moment cards and, you know, don't anticipate being able to use them for a while. Like it kind of sucks to just have cards in your hand that you kind of got to wait to use where now you can go yet. You know what? This wasn't a great draw for me. I'm going to tuck them back in there and give myself four instead and then. Hopefully I get some good cards. 
Yeah, I think it's a really good change for momentum cards, which kind of have to be played early on in the game to be worth it, as well as cards. Basically, any card that you want early in the game is helped by this change. So Master of Efficiency is a card that's helped by this change. If you really want that, you can do a little bit of searching for it at the beginning of the game. Um, same thing with dialed in anything that you want at the beginning helps additionally anything that you don't want until the end helps because you can always put it back so you know you draw cold-blooded at the beginning of the game you're just like well am i going to hold this thing for seven innings and now you don't have to make that decision so cards that have specific parts of the game where you need to use them are helped a lot by that change I completely forgot about this in our notes for when we started this episode. Uh, another change is we changed the definition of clutch moments. <laughs> so you might actually want clutch moment cards at the beginning of the game because now um, instead of just being seventh inning or later, three run, you know, def- three run game or less, or bases loaded, uh, we're expanding it a little bit where a clutch moment also includes those two things plus uh, runners in scoring position with two outs okay um yeah i think that's gonna be be a big help we'll still i'm still not going to say outright that it means you definitely want clutch moment cards at the beginning of the game but as somebody who ran a team that was like predominantly positive clutch i didn't use a lot of clutch moment cards because they were just too restrictive and when i could use them so I think from a strategy standpoint, this change is really good. I think from a thematic standpoint, it makes total sense too, because, you know, when you're watching a baseball game and, you know, runners on second with two outs, like that does feel like a clutch moment. So I think it makes sense both ways. Arguably one of the most interesting player cards in this, the, the, the sets that are coming out is Shohei Otani. And he's interesting for a few reasons. Uh, the first reason is this year he is coming out. Uh, his clutch card will is exclusively a double-sided card. So if you want to use Shohei, you have to use both him as a pitcher and a batter. Um, and he is the first clutch card that has over a thou- is printed as salary of over a thousand. Um, I believe his salary is a thousand and twenty, and that's fun and exciting. It is also fun and exciting because Major League Baseball changed the DH rule almost specifically because of Shohei. Um, And thus, because MLB changed the rule, we also changed the rule where Shohei, you can, if he starts uh, the game as pitcher, he can DH. And when he comes out of the game as a pitcher, he can stay in the game as a DH. So now instead of only being able to use half of him when he pitches, you can use his entire card when he pitches. And then the other four days he's not pitching, you can put him either in left field or right field because he, uh, his new clutch card has plus two defense for left and right. Or you could also just DH him as well the other uh, four days as well. So that's a new fun role, uh, fun role. And I don't know about you, but I, Shohei is very high on my current short list of like, the kind of more expensive salaried guys that I'm like very seriously considering using. 
I think he is absolutely worth considering. I think if you are building with Otani, he has to be the first card on your team and you have to build around that because I don't really see how you build a, a team and then it's like, oh, let me just slot Shohei Otani into my team. <laughs> got a spare thousand points laying around. What should I do? Oh, we'll just use him. Perfect. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. So I do think you're probably starting with Otani, but... I think it's super fun to play with, and his card's really good. So, both sides of it are really and, good too. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited to play around with it. I don't know if I'm going to end up using it, just because I think it's going to be really restrictive in like how you build your team. Like you can only do certain kinds of things with that card. But I mean, it's so cool. He has batter card is he has 12 on base R plus one. He's got positive clutch of two. Both his base running and stealing are 21, which is amazing. Uh, like I said, left and right field, he guys plus two defense, uh, seven outs, which is high. Uh, well, I guess it's still high, but it's not as bad. <laughs> um, singles at 14 doubles at 16 triples, 18 homers, 19 has uh, the Homer, stolen base and slugging icon. And the fun thing about him is he has the MVP icon, but the MVP icon can be used for both. Um, so that's kind of cool too. We decided, you know, just, you can, if he's pitcher, you can use the MVP icon. If he's about, you can use the MVP icon. And then for his pitching side of things, he's got five command R plus three positive one clutch, uh, one, one, uh, X range, um, 17 outs, uh, one walk. And then, yeah, homers 25 doubles at 22 so that's all fine there before we get too much further i forgot uh yet another change we made and it's on the pitching charts um we are adding a column to the pitchers chart charts um and that is a was it line out or line drive line drive line drive tell us about line drives so a line drive is when you hit the ball in a straight line hence the term line drive and Interesting. uh somebody catches it uh and on a line drive as it works in clutch is basically it's like a fly ball except you can't advance so you know a line drive you hit a line drive you can't send a runner from third to home because you just like absolutely screamed the ball right at somebody like you have no time to advance on it Yep, and that's basically it. Um, at some point, I don't think we did any line drive specific uh, strategy cards uh, in this new set. We have one card that turns a single into a line drive. Ah, okay. But so we have one strat right now. But yeah, there, it just gives us another opportunity to come up with other strats that kind of make sense thematically. Um, so you know, we have those to look forward to as well. We I pulled a few uh, questions from Discord. Uh, we've got three questions, quick pitch. Um, so the first question is, what is your favorite icon? My favorite icon is the slugging icon. I think it's kind of surprisingly versatile. There are a lot of cards that work with the slugging icon that are like multiple icon cards. So like I'll, pretty much all of the hitting icon cards that have multiple hitting icons will have slugging for the most part. And... I really like the card Pull the Ball, which is um, a card where if you're a right-handed hitter against a left-handed pitcher or vice versa, you can re-roll a swing with the power die. 
and the slugging icon gives you plus two to that reroll. Um, it's it, you have to play it after I hit or walk, but and so I really like that card because I think it's one way you can kind of turn bad luck in your favor. Like if you get you, know, you got runners on, you roll a walk. It's like that's a card you can use to control that a little bit. So I really like that card specifically. And slugging icons the only icon that works on that card. So I really love that interaction. And I feel like slugging just works on almost every offensive card I use. I am going to be entirely unsurprising and say my favorite icon. I'm going to cheat. I'm going to go with two. And I'm going to say the K win uh, icon combo is my favorite. What is your favorite new strategy card we made? My favorite new strategy card is Heads Up Play, which basically is if you advance on a fly ball out or a singles or like any hit. So like a throw from the outfield and you advance a runner like an extra base, you can and your batter or another runner has more base running they can like kind of sneak an extra base in, which I think is really cool thematically. It's like, oh, you threw home, and we just sneak over a second while you're doing that. Um, and I think there's definitely room for that to be really useful in play this year. Yeah, and I think s- several of these strategy cards kind of taps into little areas that we hadn't touched before. And like you said, that makes sense thematically and things that you see Um on the baseball field that happens that you can't really, um, you know, show with charts and uh, dice ranges or things like that. Uh, for me, my favorite is tiger blood. It is a defensive strat. Uh, you play it before the pitch when you're winning. Uh, it's minus one to the swing, but with the win icon, you add plus two, uh, to their commands. Um, if the pitcher has the double, uh, win icon. What is, last question, what is one thing you wished we added to Clutch but didn't? My thing is something I wouldn't necessarily advocate for, but is something that for me personally would enjoy, which is having batters faced as a stamina stat instead of innings pitched, just because I feel like that's a little bit more accurate to how we view baseball. But I also wouldn't actually recommend we do that because that is a little too granular for what we tend to go for. And that's a lot to keep track of. So I don't actually recommend we do that, but I would have enjoyed it personally. Yeah, I'm pretty on the fence uh, on that whole debate. Uh, For me, and this is something that might eventually happen, is uh, bringing weather back to clutch. There are some ideas that are kind of fun and interesting that I think, um, again, I mean, I, I'm sitting in San Diego where we have the exact same weather like 90% of the time, but I do think it would be fun to be able to incorporate weather in a way that, like I said, makes sense thematically and isn't based off of like one manager's preference. So um, that is one thing I wish we added to Clutch, but we added so much and changed so much this year. It felt like some stuff we just need to like, sit on, really consider, and then, you know, bring in next year, which uh, weather might be one of those things. All right. So to wrap this episode up, um, I'm just curious what your first impressions uh, are uh, looking through the, you know, the batter and pitcher pool and kind of what your 
general team building impressions are? Have you seen kind of something that's intriguing to you? Uh, or are you like me and are just like completely confused and have no idea what to think yet? Uh, I definitely have no idea what to think yet. The My only like theory, I suppose, is that um, I'm probably going to look more towards building a little bit more of a balanced lineup instead of like stars and scrubs, which I had done a lot before. And my thinking is basically like, I don't think there's any absurd values I have to have in my lineup, which is kind of what I had in the front half of my lineup before. So I think it's a lot. I could definitely see myself going a lot more balanced in my lineup and just saying, okay, whenever you throw a mistake pitch, I got somebody ready. Um, unless it's Austin Hedges. Hopefully it's not him. <laughs> Anybody else, we're good. And so I'm, I could definitely, like, that's the first thing I'm going to look into building when I start, well, when we get the team builder. But I, I know there's going to be about a million things I'm going to be trying out. Yep, I'm right there with you. Yeah, like I said, I'm not... I think the swingman can provide a bunch of interesting roster opportunities and matchup opportunities. Um, that's not necessarily something I'm going to dig too deep into right off the bat, but I think that's kind of the biggest, like in terms of you know how you build a roster, like that'll be wildly different than how people did last year. But yeah, I, I, I'm, I have no idea. I'm looking at these charts and I go, I, I'm not sure I understand. <laughs> Feels like a different game, which I think is exactly what we all are looking forward to after two years of the same thing. So um, with that being said, with the new season starting, like I said, we've got a new league coming together. So we're going to have 24 new rosters to look at and judge. Um, so we should be back with another episode in the next couple of weeks. Paul, uh, thank you for joining me. Uh, and until next time, may the odds ever be in your favor.